Welcome to the Under 8 Podcast, a daily college basketball show brought to you every weekday in under eight minutes. At the time of recording, it is Monday, December 4th at 9 p.m. My name is Josh Mullinex. On today's pod, Purdue bounces back against Iowa and rankings galore on this Monday in College Hoops. It's all right now on the Under 8 Podcast. Josh Roaring is here with me, Josh. Uh, Big Ten game number one was an issue for the Purdue Boilermakers. Big Ten game number two was not. 87-68, the fighting Matt Painters beat Iowa, moved to 8-1. and one. The now number four team in the country bounces back after their loss to Northwestern. This was not a competitive basketball game. Not for, for about 11 seconds, that's correct. Yep, yep. So there's not too much to dive into here. A couple of things. One, very important for Purdue to make sure you don't start 0-2 in conference play. Sure. So taking care of business at home. The The biggest singular development here for me, if and I don't even know if we can call it a development because it's one game, but Lance Jones did go 7-11 from the field and 3 of 6 from 3. Mm-hmm. That's a really promising thing because – Part of what you saw in that Northwestern game was Lance Jones taking and missing a bunch of threes. If you're going to take them, you got to make some of them. And so he had a really good game. That's a positive. They were 32% from three. Not great, but they only turned the ball over eight times. Mm -hmm. They did more than enough, and they're just the second team to put up 80 on Iowa. The other team is Creighton. So of the things you can take from this game, there's probably at least a little something and Matt Painter's got to be just pleased with the overall performance. Yeah. I mean, you get, you have the anchor of Zach Eady, 25 and 12, nine of 10 from the field, seven of nine from the free throw line, uh, death taxes and Zach Eady. There's not much more to say there. You look across the rest of the lineup and the, the supporting cast is consistent, right? Trey Kaufman, Ren, 10 points, seven rebounds. Fletcher Lawyer, 12 points on 5 of 10 shooting. He was 50% from the three-point line as well. You mentioned mentioned Lance Jones, uh, Mason Gillis, 12 points on 3 of 4 shooting. Braden Smith, only 1 of 4 from the field, but 8 assists to just 1 turnover. And his turnover column is generally a, a good microcosm of what it looks like for the team as a whole. Uh, so you mentioned them keeping the turnovers down. I... I totally hear you on Lance Jones. I also, I also just need, I I want him to keep being aggressive. Like I, like I hope that any bad shooting nights don't stop him from, from being aggressive because I think he's an important part of their offense in terms of bringing something that they didn't have last year as a perimeter scorer. So it's, it's nice to see him have a good game. He's been pretty up and down. Um, 17 points in this one. He was bad against Northwestern, just two of 11 from the field. Um, and has kind of been up and down, you know, 15 against Texas Southern, 11 against Marquette, had just four against Tennessee, but 13 against Gonzaga and was not great against Xavier. And he had eight points, uh, and was two eight from the field. So very up and down, they're going to need him to be, uh, productive, uh, on, on some nights, 
against high level opponents. Uh, I was probably not one of those teams. Like they probably could have won this game comfortably without his performance, but it shows you uh, how much more complete their attack is when he does play well. And he is the one thing that can elevate this team from last season and that you can point to and say, this is why they're better. Right. Sure. Right. He's the one different piece. I also don't necessarily want another inconsistent variable here, which is, I guess, my concern. And in an ideal world, yeah, he is aggressive and he contributes. My thing is there are other weapons on this team too. If it's not happening for you that night, maybe let Fletcher Lawyer take those shots, let Mason Ghost take those shots. That's really all I was saying. Because the... I'm with you. The best version of this team, he is a really big part on both ends of the floor. And you saw the kind of impact he can have in this game. Agreed. Agreed. So uh, Purdue 87-68 back in the winner's column in the Big Ten. And I'm sure they'll they'll keep right on rolling. Those games will be more frequent than, than what happened on uh, the other night against Northwestern. It's the first Monday of December. I don't actually know if that's the official time, but on this particular Monday in December in 2023, we have a brand new net rankings. Josh starts with Houston followed closely by BYU. The top five looks like Houston, BYU, Arizona, Creighton, and Purdue. Uh, as, as far as opening net rankings go, this one is, is relatively, um, uh, mundane. I mean, not nearly as exciting and and fun and bewildering as some of the ones of the past have been. You know, you still have your you know McNeese, you know, from the Southland at four and two, somehow thirtieth in the net ranking. So there are still some head scratchers. But uh, the top of this board uh, on this particular season, uh, not too too far out there in terms of what it looks like in its first edition. Yeah, I mean, you do have BYU, Colorado State, and Princeton all in the top 10. <laughs> I mean, BYU and Colorado State are, I, I mean, that's, those are teams that have beat up on bad teams and not had any bad losses. And that, especially right. early in the season, is is what's going to get you deep into the, the net rankings. Yeah, and, and Colorado State is not even that far off of, in the AP poll because of the win over Creighton and what they've done so far. So, right, it's right. not... It's not absurd. It's just kind of funny to me that we're going, yeah, yo, this is actually a pretty calm net rankings debut. And here we are with those three teams in the top 10 still. That just tells you more about the other polls that, more than this one, I would argue. Uh, yeah, some other on the men's side, real quick, some other interesting ones to throw out there. Gonzaga 31, Duke 37, Kentucky 45, Miami 63. That surprised mm -hmm. me. Ole Miss 95. UCLA 103, Arkansas 117, Indiana 137, Georgia Tech, even with the win over Duke, 142, LSU 165. Those are some of the ones that caught my attention. Yeah, uh, certainly some of those that you'll expect to to be very different by the time you get to Selection Sunday. And, and some of those, you know, USC at 78 is one of those that I uh, – wouldn't have expected uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, uh, after the the way that they started and the way Isaiah Collier looked, but they haven't been great as of late. And, and of course, there will be some that that take a significant step forward as we get deeper into into conference play. Uh, on the women's side, real quick, South Carolina number one. That's the way it should be. Uh, as yeah. long as we get 
as long as we get that that right, I think we're starting in a strong spot. Stanford number two. We talked about them yesterday. Texas at nine and zero. Um, number three, Utah four, and Notre Dame five. That's the way it looks near the top for the women. Yeah, the the couple interesting things to add there. Uh, unranked Michigan State from an AP poll standpoint mm-hmm. is at number seven, right behind Iowa. I just mm-hmm. find that funny. That apparently it's really close for the Big Ten right there. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, of course, your eyes go to LSU. LSU's down at twenty. At the end of the day, this is all going to work itself out. It's just how the metrics have to do the and all of the calculations and right teams that play favorable schedules, beat up on the bad teams are going to look really good right now. Teams that have a couple losses, not so much. It's all going to work itself out in the end. No need to get worked up about it, but interesting to see where everybody starts. Most certainly. Most certainly. We do also today have a brand new AP top 25. And after a weird week for top 15 teams with Purdue losing uh, and it not being a flawless week for other teams near the top of the rankings, especially on the men's side, Josh, it was Arizona who stayed perfect. Uh, and so they getting 59 first place votes. Uh, they are seven and zero, and they are the number one team in the country on this Monday. Do you know the last time they were number one? I do not. Did they get there like in the last couple of years at, at one point? Nope. Wow. Okay. So how it must've been was two. It? I feel like they yeah. were at two, weren't they? It was a two or three. Yeah, yeah, they got very, very close. Yeah, because obviously they that the Benedict Matherin season. Yeah, they lived up there most of the most of the year. Uh, it was January 2014. So, there's your fun fact, courtesy of the Associated Press. There you go. There you go. Who was on that Arizona team? Which Arizona oh, team is that? Is that the DeAndre Ayton team? No, that like that was too long ago. I feel like that was too long ago. Yeah. 2013, 14. Uh, that's a Nick Johnson, Aaron Gordon, TJ McConnell, Gabe York, oh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson team. That team. Okay. That checks um, out. Now on the, the year after they were 34 and four. So it depends on when in 2014. Do you know which specifically Jan- January, January, 2014. Okay. So it was that team. It was that team. There you go. And then, 33 and five. That team went. Yeah, that would there do it. Go. There you go. Yeah. Purdue. We already mentioned down to four Marquette dropping down to eight. Colorado State, North Carolina, two of your big risers. Colorado State up to 13, North Carolina up to nine. I was also curious what the committee was going to do with Wisconsin, or not the committee, the voters. Mm. We're in CFP mode here. (laughs) (laughs) What the voters were going to do with Wisconsin. Wisconsin is number 23, just behind Duke at 22. Mm -hmm. So Badgers are, as as of right now, top 25 team. That's, That's about all that jumped out to me. Yeah, I just wanted wanted to also point out that Houston has yet to lose. Houston is the number one ranked defense in the country yet again. Uh, they are number one at Kempom, and you know they they beat Xavier by six on the road. It never really felt like that was going to be an issue. Beat Utah by ten. Those are their two best wins so far. They haven't played a super impressive schedule, and quite frankly, won't. They're not going to, you know, the, the remainder of their non-conference games are Rice, Jackson State. They do play Texas A&M, but then it's Texas State and Penn. So Texas A&M is going to be really the only, uh, the only game remaining on the Cougars' non-conference schedule to, to see them play another uh, high-quality team. Of course, you'll get to the Big 12 
conference schedule. And so that's less of an issue than years past in terms of Kelvin Sampson trying to make sure that they establish themselves as a really good team by playing teams like Alabama, playing teams like Virginia, like they did last year. But uh, Houston, no one talking about them again. The metrics are excellent, and they're undefeated number three in this week's poll. Yeah, it's going to be weird this season because it's almost reversed where, yeah, they're just there. We all expect them to be really good. They're doing their thing. We're going to start talking about them once they start playing the Kansases and Baylors of the world. Correct. Because it looks like we got a three-horse race, which is fantastic for the Big 12. So we're, we'll be talking about the Cougars early, at, at the right time. Don't you worry. On the women's side, UConn is really lacking. 17th in this week's poll. It's their worst ranking in like 30 years. What a disappointment. 93-94. What a disappointment for Gino Auriemma. That is honestly one of the, I mean, there are a lot of incredible stats of the Gino Auriemma era, but that is one of them. That they're still not in danger of actually dropping out of the poll at this moment in time, and yet it's their worst ranking since 1993-94. That's ludicrous. It's quite like something. actually ludicrous. Yeah. And then the other couple things I wanted to note, Texas coming off of that win over UConn up to fifth, Stanford mm-hmm. down to sixth after losing to Gonzaga, who apparently the solution this week is to just put these teams at 23 because Gonzaga is also 23rd mm-hmm. on the women's side after that win over Stanford, just like Wisconsin on the men's side after beating Marquette. So 23 is the spot to be for the teams that had a really good week last week, apparently. There you go. There you go. South Carolina, number one, gets all 35 first place votes. UCLA, two at seven to no. And North Carolina State, NC State, keeps right on rolling. They're up two more spots this week, number three at nine and no. Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes, number four at eight and one. Josh, anything else on the top 25, the net rankings? Anything that happened in college troops today? Tomorrow's going to be good. Looking forward to it. Tomorrow is most certainly going to be good. Uh, a little bit more happening on the schedule on Tuesday than was happening on Monday. It's going to be excellent. And we will meet back here to talk about it after it is all over tomorrow. That's the Under 8 podcast for Monday, December 4th. It is 9.18 p.m. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your shows. Follow the Under 8 pod on Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. Thank you so much for being here, and we will see you tomorrow.